Ramblers, let's get rambling. of Ramble with Russell. It's home of Tangent Rambling right here on TalkShoe Network with the longest-running single-hosted pop culture podcast in Ontario. Welcome to the show. And welcome to another show for the month of May. And you think to yourself, hey, Russ, you've been a little bit slow with the uploads lately. Well, you know, <laughs> just been... Uh, last couple months have been really crazy. And I apologize if it seems like I've been a little bit slacking. But I am still watching stuff and still working way to get the show done. So I am not pod faded. I am still here. And I thank you all for sticking with me. And I hope it's worth the wait because I got some really good stuff to talk about today. On the show today, I'm going to start things off with a inspired by true events. It is the Blu-ray review of Cocaine Bear. Or us sus cocaine, courtesy of the great folks at Universal Pictures Home Entertainment. Then we go from a fighting bear in the woods full of coke to a man I don't believe you know fighting, but no cocaine involved in this one. It is the third entry in the Creed franchise. It's Creed three on 4K Blu-ray, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. A review for you, Sauls Sylvester Stallone. There we go, from the fighting ring to the fighting gods, if you will, for my 4K movie review of Shazam! Fury of the Gods, courtesy of Warner Brothers Pictures Home Entertainment. And I'm going to wrap things up with more of the hero kind of theme, because in a way the bear's the hero, and more than that when we get into the review, uh, with my uh, digital review of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania! Courtesy of the great folks of Walt Disney Pictures Home Entertainment. And only the video review digital copy. I did not get a physical, so all you're going to get is the movie review for this very episode. That's all in this episode of Ramble with Russell. Uh, and that's that's it for now. Uh, we're not going to have, I don't really leave news bits at the top of the show like I sometimes do. Uh, though I will encourage you off the bat, if you, and, and just to let you know, a little, little news entertainment, I guess. If you, I'm still working on possible YouTube content. I have some shows in the can, kind of. I just need to kind of edit them together and get them put out there. But that is coming very soon. And I hope you guys support my my YouTube efforts as much as you have, you know, keeping the show going for 17 plus years and counting. And that's cool. I did get an invite, uh, and I thanked people at Taro PR uh, for a, um invite to the new Transformers movie, Rise of the Beasts which is coming out uh, at the same theater which I saw Maverick on. Unfortunately, due to work schedules, and if you can hear my voice a little, I'm trying to recover from some pneumonia, uh, I won't be able to attend. Probably won't be able to attend. It's just, uh, I'd like to, and I and I thank them again for the invite. I You know, it's nice to be recognized. But keep in mind, Ramblers, that when that movie does hit home video, you know, you know, you know, I'll be putting a request to check that out. So it just may take a little longer to get a review from me for that particular picture. It's just time. <laughs> you know, that's just the way it is. So just, just we're going to take a quick little musical interlude and write up the first review of the show. My Blu-ray review for this episode is Cocaine Bear. Courtesy of the great folks at Universal Pictures Home Entertainment. <laughs> now, this is apparently inspired by true events. <laughs> and it's one of these movies. Like, I saw the trailer for this and I thought, okay, you know, just when I think I've seen every kind of, you know, <laughs> horror movie kind of horomity out there. Oh, and this is the Maximum Rampage edition. So she knows this. Or Edition Carnage Extreme. Does you think you've seen every kind of, you know, man versus nature movie? Like, you know, there's like, you know, dozens of like killer sharks and stuff. This is something different. <laughs> the premise is essentially this, that this guy was, I guess, smuggling some cocaine in a plane and he, he ditches it in the woods, right? And like just dumps it in the woods, like a whole bunch of it. And, and, and this, this, this female bear, which 
you know, you can truly tell at the early part of the movie, <laughs> it's female, uh, discovers this this patch of cocaine, and let's say, let's take some liking to it. Now, normally in, in these kind of movies, as I said at the start of the show, you know, the, 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 the animal, because this is classic man versus nature, you know, the animal, the beast, is the villain, you know, we're talking, you know, uh, Deep Blue Sea, we're talking um, Lake Placid, any kind of thing like that. The animal is the villain, humans are the heroes. <laughs> In this movie, I like how it turns it on its head. Where if you think about it, <laughs> especially as the movie gets further on, <laughs> the, the bear isn't really the villain. In this piece, yes, the bear goes cuckoo nuts and burrow and, and mauls and murders quite violently quite a few people. But is it truly the villain in this story? Is it truly the villain? Now, this movie is directed by Elizabeth Banks. You think to yourself, Elizabeth Banks, why do I, how do I know this person? Like, why is that name familiar? Well, she she's been a, a pretty steady actress, and and this is you know this is one of the few movies, and she's just gotten back into directing. And now, of some of her earliest movies, she directed she directed Pitch Perfect Two, uh, the Charlie's Angels reboot in two thousand nineteen, and now this is her next one. <laughs> and you think to yourself, actress, actress, where what do I know her by? Well, as it turns out, and I'm thinking I know her face because in, in when she's doing the uh, the bonus features, which we'll get to. It's like, why do I know you from? She was Betty Brandt in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. So there you go. If you're thinking to yourself, I know I've seen her before. You know, I like, you know, kind of pop culture genre things. Yeah, <laughs> she was Betty Brandt in all three of the Raimi movies. So that's kind of cool. So if you're thinking to yourself, hey, I know I've seen her in something else. And she's, you know, guest starred in a buttload of movies and TV shows, done some voice work on Robot Chicken. And she was also the voice of Wild Child in the Lego um, Lego movies and in Lego Dimensions. So she's you know, keeps going around. And she's even in the, um, the second Hunger Games movie. So one of these actresses that, you know, gets steady work. And, and as a director, interesting that this movie is is really a horomedy i mean in its truest bluest sense it is a horror comedy like <laughs> the, the 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 it's yeah i mean if you're squeamish probably not the best movie for you but hey you know why are you watching a movie where it blatantly advertises that it's to bear the most people that's what you ask yourself <laughs> Starring in this movie, and, and what surprised me about Liz Banks is unlike, you know, John Favreau, who always likes to make cameos in his movies, she does not come on camera once. Not even a little, like, oh, like a little brief, like, on-scene thing. Nope, no, not that I saw it, and they don't talk about bonus features. <laughs> uh, the stars of this movie are uh, Carrie Russell as Sorry. You have uh, Mother, then you have um, Alden Enrich uh, as Eddie, one of these dealers and and then you have ray liotta and sadly this is ray liotta's last performance as sid and ray liotta in this is i mean he's barely recognizable at all he passed away in 2000 and and you know last year uh, 2022 uh at, at the age of 67 and you you i don't know if he was just getting old or something but, you know, after this movie, he, he was a producer. He, he did uh, Fool's Paradise. But Cocaine Bear is one of the last movies he did. And and it, it, I don't know if he was just the character or he was showing his age, but he was looking rough in this movie. And it's like, what what a movie to... What a little, you know, this guy was like, you know, the the, the motorcycle cop in Terminator 2. And then he goes out, one of his last movies is in a Cocaine Bear. So he plays the villain, the true villain in this, Sid, and and you have uh, some some kid actors. One of them uh, is um, the this actor called Christian Convery, who plays Henry. I don't know why. It, maybe it's just me. Why they cast this kid? He's kind of effeminate. Maybe it's just me. The haircut. It's just like 
maybe I'm just old school, but it, it doesn't look like too much like a little, like, is that a boy or is that a girl character? Yeah, your, your main comedic part of this is the character of Ranger Liz, played by Margot Martindale. She, <laughs> her character, uh, I tell you, she is, 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 is the true comedy bit of it. And some of the stunts, like there's one point where the bear is chasing an ambulance, which is something like, if you told me that I've seen that in a movie, like a coked up bear chasing an ambulance, I'd have gone, okay. <laughs> so, so you have that in it. Uh, you have Jesse Tyler Ferguson. He's also in this movie. I believe he was in Modern Family, if I am not mistaken. But it's been a while since I've seen that show. So you have, you know, a decent cast of uh, characters. And and it's one of those movies, it's like... And, and they didn't show this in the effects so much uh, as, as I wanted them to. But it's like... And I remember watching that movie I reviewed, the the one with the one with the lions, uh, starring Idris Elba, where it was like the line between, okay, what's a real bear and what's a digital bear and what are you doing here... They really blur it. <laughs> Although, there is some violence that is off-camera. So they're smart. And, and that they go like, okay, you know, we're going to throw out a limb here, but the rest of this is just leave that to your imagination. You know, how how gory-gory Transylvania, <laughs> you know, you want it to be. So there is that. And and I, I appreciate that. You know, it's just like... Not everything has to be like, oh, well, let's give you all the details about all this stuff all the time. And that's fine. You know, I, I you know, you don't have to show everything all the time. As for something different, it, it is, it is, you know, uh, interesting movie. Uh, I do like the premise. I, I, I don't know if this is going to spawn like, you know, cocaine deer and cocaine raccoon and cocaine wildcat kind of thing. I, I don't, that's gonna happen but <laughs> it is what it is for for um for extras on this you do get a, a decent selection got a alternative ending it's not a big like wow they went a different direction and ending but it's there deleted and extended scenes just you know it is and it is gag rail which is kind of funny and then you get the all roads lead to cokey <laughs> the making of cocaine bear so this is this is a little behind-the-scenes feature. It's not that very big. It's probably kind of, kind of small. Then the unbearable bloodbath, dissecting the kills. So this is from the rigging, you know, special effects. This is how they did some of the kills and the maimings and what have you. <laughs> and now they have doing lines. This is the cast and filmmakers relines from the script to Cocaine Bear, which was if it was a work of art onto itself. So the reading lines, like, it is fine art. <laughs> you have to watch it to get it. Uh, there is, and I and I see this more in these kind of movies, there is feature commentary by director and producer Elizabeth Burks, Banks and producer Max Handelman. So that is good. I, you know, I applaud to Elizabeth Banks. Way to go. You actually did commentary on the movie you directed so many of these highfalutin directors you don't do commentary anymore and it's like come on overall it is what it is it's 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 a it's it's a very messed up bear and 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 you know it's it's kids in jeopardy is this and this is one of these movies again where you have kids in it but is this a movie for kids to watch i'm gonna caution Maybe no. I mean, if kids are really small, do you really want them thinking, you know, that um, they're bears that are going to mull them out there? And there is a nice Smokey the Bear joke uh, at the start of this, too, which I thought was kind of funny. Although they could have done a Yogi one, too, but hey, they didn't do it. Uh, so it is what it is. I, I do like the, um, the packaging for it because they got cocaine bear <laughs> embossed on the front. Or us. Sus cocaine, which is pretty literal. <laughs> Overall, a fun little romp into it. I, uh, you know, if if you're up for a horomedy, good horror comedy, yeah, and something different, it, it's it's it, it's gonna do it for you. And but we'll have you thinking at the end of this: who is the true villain in this? 
is it really the bear or is it not the bear that is really the villain in this movie? And I, I give them credit for doing that. So that is my take of Cocaine Bear on the Blu-ray, courtesy of great folks at Universal Pictures Home Entertainment. first 4K movie review for this episode is Creed 3, courtesy of Warner Brothers Pictures Home Entertainment. Warner Brothers Pictures sent me a copy of this 4K Blu-ray to review for the podcast. The opinions I express are my own. <laughs> and then, of course, this is the third entry in the Creed franchise, which is probably like a Rocky spinoff, if you will. Now, unlike the first two Creed movies, where Stallone not only you know was involved with it, but also acted in it, this one, <laughs> Stallone is only the producer. He is not directing it. It is directed by Michael B. Jordan, uh, you know, Adonis Creed himself. And there was a lot of talk about this. I did some reading up on this, of why Stallone, you know, kind of stepped back a bit. And, and, and from what I read, basically Stallone was looking at it and saying, you know, I don't like this direction for your character. I don't think, you know, that Creed should go this way. I, you know, I'd rather have it go another way. And so they came to essentially creative differences and, and still left as director and said, you know, you want to do this this way? I'll, I'll still run as producer, but you do it your way. And so clearly Stallone had a different story-wise idea for Creed 3 than what you see in the screen. And I'd, I'd love to toss this to Lauren. I'm going to even talk about it and say, okay, what was the direction that you were pitching or how would you have wanted this third chapter to go? And it, it does feel weird not having Stallone in this movie because there are times in this film it tries to remind you, oh, it's still part of the Rocky franchise because every once in a while you hear, it's gonna... Da, 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 not going higher... <laughs> so you, you have you have that in there. It's like, 
Oh, just in case you forgot. Yeah, it's still part of the same franchise. Even Stallone's not in it. <laughs> and what gets me is they don't even explain. I mean, they mention him, but they don't really explain why he's not there. It's not like, oh, oh, like, you know, um, like, like, like Burgess, where he died, where they write him out by killing off the character. No, it's just like, you know, it, you know, th this movie takes place a few years after the events of Creed II. And, and Adonis has, you know, he's gotten to the top of the mountain. He's retired. You know, he's like living the good life, a la Rocky IV. <coughs> and, and there's no, like, why isn't Stallone around anymore? You didn't say he was dead. You clearly mentioned him. Uh, like, but he's, Rocky's not around. And that's weird. Uh, uh, that's just me. It's like he was such a big part of of the of the first two movies, and he's just he no longer in the picture. <laughs> now, returning though is uh, Felicia Richard as Marianne Creed, so the wife of of Apollo. She is back, and you also have good old Tessa Thompson as Bianca Creed, uh, Adonis's wife. It's funny to see her in this movie, and then no, she's Valkyrie in like the MCU. It's like two completely different characters. <laughs> so we have that, and this one introduces a new character in the franchise. Good old Jonathan Majors. This is inadvertently turning to be a Jonathan Majors show, but <laughs> as Damian Anderson. And this third entry kind of goes even more into the backstory of Creed, and you get at the start of this that Damien and Donnie, <laughs> Adonis, were kind of tight as kids, right? They were running buddies. And Damien as well had, you know, aspirations to be the, you know, the the, the champion of the world kind of boxer things. But <laughs> at the start of this movie, we do a little bit of flashback. Things go horribly wrong, uh, in one instance. And, and, and Damien ends up in prison. And, you know, and Adonis and Donnie moves on. <laughs> and then the whole kind of big push of this movie is that after years, it's, it's the old, you can't run from your past. Whereas Damien comes out of prison and, and you know, believing that Donnie has forgotten about him all these years. And now he wants to be the world champ, right? But it, it's not good enough. He wants to be the world champ. He wants to beat the living crap out of Donnie for abandoning him. So it's that kind of feel. Like with any boxing movie, I mean, they're brutal. <laughs> the punches are just... Mm, you feel it. And, and good sound work in that. So you have that kind of thing. You know, good old Victor, uh, Victor Drago has a, a brief appearance in this movie. Like, He's kind of like, hey, look at that, it's Victor. Hey, bye, Victor. It's nice seeing you, dude. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I don't know if Stallone maybe had a bigger part for him. Maybe. But if you're like, oh, pumped to see Victor Drago again, he ain't there long. <laughs> That's just the way it is. It is what it is, what these movies always are. It's a boxing story. <laughs> now... Does the movie end the way I thought it would end? That's spoiling things. I'm not a spoiler here, you know. Yes and no. I kind of felt the movie was a little bit predictable in the ending. I kind of was hoping they'd, just for shits and giggles, maybe go a different direction, just for something different. I like to be surprised in movies. I don't always like to see an ending coming. I'm more impressed... If you kind of steer me one way, you make me think it's going to be this way, and then it isn't, but the ending that you go to is still good, you just surprise me about it because I didn't see it coming. You know, you watch enough movies, you can almost predict. Okay, this happens, so this... No, 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 no. It's plot by numbers. <laughs> so it is what it is. Uh, I, and it comes to directing, I think, you know, Michael B. Jordan is... He directs himself well. I'm really curious to see, you know... The vision that Stallone had for this? Will it be a Creed 4? I don't... Maybe. I don't know where they're going to go with Creed 4, though. It's like... 
what more do you take this character after this? I mean, it's just... <laughs> what more does the dude need to prove? Um, and, and that's kind of it. I mean, if you like it, these movies, and sure. Now, does it help? Because this is a, still a sequel. Does it help to have watched the previous movies to appreciate this movie? Yes, in a way. Uh, could you watch it and the third and not have to watch the first and second? Yeah, you could. Yeah, you may miss out on some nuances and little things uh, when it comes to the previous two movies, but you could probably still get away with it. You know, you just you go in the movie knowing that this guy became a champ and 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 he, you know, for a while was, was retiring and just living off his money and, and his reputation and running a gym and yada, yada, yada. I mean, you could just go by that, you know, and not have to know everything about the backstory before. Like the, the previous two movies' backstories. <laughs> so it is what it is. Uh, picture quality wise of 4K, it does look good. It, you know, I mean, the, the boxing scenes especially, I mean, that... And the sound work, really, I, I was impressed by that. Extras, you do get Michael B. Jordan in the ring slash behind the camera featurette. Donnie and Dame, there's no enemy like the past and deleted scenes. One thing this is missing, though, no commentary. Like, come on, Michael B. Jordan. I believe this is your directorial debut, if I'm not mistaken. Or at least, yeah, I'm trying too much before. Why is there no commentary by yourself? I would have loved to have heard commentary and, on it. And you, frankly, talking about, you know, let's be real with the fans here. Why Stallone was taken. Why he was not really much part of this movie other than a money man. You know, which, which is mostly what producers are. So, yeah, I, I would have been nice to hear. They didn't even have like a featurette about it. Like, way to gloss that over. We're just not good at talk about it. <laughs> so that's the only disappointment to it. You make, you make, you know, him so much a part of the first two, and then he's just a forgotten note. I don't know. I, I don't know if I agree with that. So that is my take of Creed 3 on 4K Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Pictures, so I'm entertainment.
My second 4K Blu-ray movie review for this episode is Shazam! Fury of the Gods, courtesy of Warner Brothers Pictures Home Entertainment. Warner Brothers Pictures Home Entertainment sent me a copy of this 4K Blu-ray to review for the podcast, and Panza Express are my own. Now, of course, this is the second Shazam movie that uh, is to come out, and this is one of these movies that, you know, due to the uh, pandemic and everything, it got delayed and delayed and delayed. It originally was supposed to come out way back in April 1st of 2022. Then it got pushed to November 4th. Then it got pushed to this past June. So this movie got shuffled around a lot. And of course, this is the follow-up to the first Shazam movie, which I thought was kind of fun. And and they're smart. This time around, it's not set around Christmas time. So they, it, And that was a good idea. And with the first movie, you know, a lot of it, a lot of the first movie was an origin story, right? So you had a lot of, you know, set up, set up, set up, set up, set up. And really the action of it didn't happen till like the very end of the movie, right? You had the big fight with all the sins, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> now, a lot of people were thinking, oh, well, Shazam 2, he's going to go against Black Adam, right? Because, you know, that's like the next big villain. Well... <laughs> As I talked to my review about Black Adam, that was never in the cards because good old Dwayne does not like the character Shazam and wants Black Adam to have nothing to do with him. So they had to go, okay, we have to think of something else. So this time around, the Shazam, or you know, Billy Batson, Shazam, and his family are not up against, are up against uh, not just, you know, uh, you know, um, a villain, one villain, they are up against three <laughs> villains. And these are these kind of elder gods that really want the wand uh, for themselves. And the, the, the villains this time around are played by the great Helen Mirum. And, and a lot of this does with Greek mythology, which is kind of cool, because I've always been a fan of Greek mythology. So Helen Mirren is Hespera. Uh, Lucy Liu is Calypso. And and you have the character of Rachel Ziegler as as Anthea. So these are very much Greek mythology things. And you keep in mind that this movie, you know, I always say, well, you gotta watch. Sometimes you gotta watch the first one before you can watch the second. With with Fear of the Gods, if you have not seen the first Shazam, watch it, okay? Because there's a lot of things that happen in the second one. The way the second one starts, it kind of assumes you already watched the first. So if you don't watch the first, you're going to be like, you're referring to all these things that I have not seen before. <laughs> because the, the, the second one is almost like, okay, here are the repercussions of what happened in Shazam 1. And it's very much the, the um, you know, Shazam and the family trying to do their best being superheroes, but the community is calling them the Philly fiascos. <laughs> Every time they try to help, it just, something goes wrong. And there is a really good scene at the start of this with a great use of uh, the, you know, here to the end of the night, good old Bonnie Tyler uh, at the start, which is like, you know, any song you want, any movie you want to use Bonnie Tyler in, yeah, it works really well. So they're trying to prove themselves, and and it, it happens that these elder gods are now after that the the staff, right? They they want that staff from the good old wizard Shazam that was highly featured in the first movie, and they want to use this staff to kind of um, I guess retake over the world. Like, you know, kind of bring a new age out of and, and, and have revenge on the humans kind of thing. So it's up to Shazam and his family to do it. Also, this movie focuses around a lot, like the character of Jack Dylan Gazer as Freddie Freeman. And that he is, is trying to kind of, you know, make his own way and be his own hero. Not necessarily, oh, I gotta, you know, be part of this group all the time. And and they and they have really taken over. I like how they take it over the Cave of Wonders. They've like really made it into like a little hideout with all these multiple doors. It's very much. It it's almost like Marvel uh, DC's version of the Sanctum Sanctorum, <laughs> in a way with the multiple doorways into different dimensions. 
So you have that in it. And I think it's it's a fun movie. Now, a lot of people dumped on this movie. I don't know why. <laughs> I thought it was nice. I said the biggest the biggest problem I have with the first is that it was a lot of setup and we didn't get really superheroing stuff until the end. Whereas this one, it, it you know, it's like we, we hit the ground running. It's like, okay, we've been through the first movie. Origin story is done. And I thought this was a lot of the waves of Spider-Man 2. Going back to the Sam Raimi Spider-Man stuff, right? The first Spider-Man Raimi, Sp Spider-Man Sam Raimi movie was origin, origin, origin story. And the second one got good because it's like, okay, we got this out of the way now. <laughs> now we can just deal with, we've already established the origin. And that's one of the reasons why I'm looking really forward to Aquaman 2. Because all of Aquaman 1 was, okay, let's get the origin out. And then now with the second one, it's like, okay, that's out of the way. <laughs> now we can get on with, you know, the the recent clear and present danger. So I, I like that that is the case uh, with this. So that's cool. And and I thought the the, the effects were done well uh, in this. I, I thought, you know, the it looks... You know, if, if you're looking to have a superhero movie, this is a superhero movie. And I thought that the parents of the kids did well too <laughs> good good comedic relief absolutely and and there's there's like one moment there's one moment near the end of this movie i don't like to spoil things for people there's one moment in the end of this movie where it's like you can't i thought they're going in a direction at the end of this movie i thought no they it's i don't want to say too much but it's like man you know I, I saw something, I was like, are you going to do this? Are you really, really going to go there with this? Because if you are, man, that takes some matzah. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's, like I said, I see a lot of movies. And, and for a studio to be that bold for a little bit, it's like, jeez Louise. It's to get me thinking to think what they were they I thought they were gonna do and it and it's like whoa I mean it's kind of those moments I I wish I'd watched it in the theater just for the audience reaction to that moment in that movie I just would love to have seen that like that live reaction like to me that you know that's like that's like when um when um when bloody Captain America catches the freaking Thor hammer man that. I'm so glad I saw Endgame in a the theater. Man, I'm so glad I did. Because <laughs> so many moments in that movie, it's like, I am so glad I saw that with an audience. And and yeah, and that's uh, one of the regrets I have with this movie. It's just, it's just that one moment like, dang you, DC. The dragon in this is really good. <laughs> I, I love the effect. It, it's, it's pretty. I, I would love to see this movie in 3D, too. I wish I could see that in 3D. Uh, so it is there. Uh, I, I think uh, all the kids come back and they do a really good job. Unfortunately, you know, not a lot of them get screen times. You do get unicorns in this, but these are not... <laughs> there ain't no swift wind in this. These are uh, dark unicorns, which I've seen referenced before. And I like that there at one point there are some mythological creatures that come out, and one of them, and they point this out in special features, actually references a character made by Harry Harrison. And and if you know your classic movies and you know your stop motion, I appreciate that. That's really cool. Thank you for making that reference. Maybe I'll educate some kids and they go back and look and say, who is Harry Harrison? Man. Uh, it's directed against once by David F. Sandberg. I think, you know, he did a good job. If there's a Shazam 3, and frankly, I don't know if there's going to be, because, you know, there, there's talk that they're really going to change things up, the DCU, or the DCEU. Uh, I mean, this whole Flash movie, it it's, it's, it's you know, the reason why they held on to it, I think it's going to be a big reset reboot. So I don't know if Zachary Levi and gang are going to be back as the Shazam family. I don't know in this, in whatever happens at the end of the Flash movie, is this going to be a total reset of everything? 
and 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 will that universe that because in a way <laughs> this movie for sure <laughs> at one point it definitely confirms to me that yes okay the the, the, the old Shazam is part of the Snyder verse if you will if what I think the rumors are true and they could be ramblers I think the end of the because I haven't seen the Flash movie I I hope to see it. Sometime, if not in theaters, you know, again, on my list of requests, you know it. That will be when it hits video. But all I hear from this movie is that, you know, they, they this could be the reboot. This could be, you know, I don't know the end of it yet, but I'm, don't tell me. This could be the, the, the reboot of the whole DC cinematic universe. So if that's the case... I don't know how much of the Snyderverse is going to be left because Cavill's gone as Superman and Godot, uh, I don't think she's going to have it. I don't know. Her future for Wonder Woman is up in the air. Momoa for Aquaman. And there's rumors that Ezra Miller may be back. I thought he was gone after this movie, but now that there's weird rumors that he may be back as the Flash. I Why? Give it to Greg Gustin. Uh, so it, it's... it's uh, I don't know what's going on with that franchise. Uh, hopefully, when I do get a chance to see the Flash movie, I'll have a better opinion for you, Ramblers, and be to say, you know, oh, okay, well, yeah, that this is what I figure it's going to go. Well, well, without spoiling things too much, because you know I won't do that. But, but yeah, it, it's 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 a it's it's a weird thing that I am I'm not sure uh, <laughs> what where they're going to go with that. So we shall see uh, when it comes. That That is a TBA in the highest degree. Now, uh, with this movie, there was a lot of talk, and I mean a lot of talk, about Wonder Woman appearing in <laughs> this movie. And <laughs> without spoiling anything, at first, there is an appearance of Wonder Woman. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> and and if the first time that characters if the characters once and only appearance in this movie was just that that little scene oi boy I would have been like what, what are you doing why would Gal agree to this <laughs> the visual was just disturbing at the latest thankfully it isn't there is another appearance. I won't say what it is, but that's another moment. I wish I could have been in the theater to see that reaction because it was like, damn. Um, thank you for not just leaving it that one earlier on in the movie because it would have been like, wow, that's so bad. Overall, a fun movie, you know, and, 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 it, and it does... We do get a, uh, an end scene that does hint at what a possible third movie could be. But will we see that? Only time will tell, Ramblers. Only time will tell. For, for extras, we do get uh, Shazam, Let's Make Sequel feature, featurette. The Rock Fraternity decked out featurettes. They go over all the fun little decorations they have for that. The Zack Effect featurette, which is where the people talk about Zach Afrom. The Sisterhood of the Daughters of Atlas featurette. So it's all <coughs> the actresses talking about their role in it. And uh, you get pay, uh, pay, by, pay by Play Scene Breakdown featurettes, which is the Ben Franklin. Uh, so you get, you get four uh, of those. I won't say what they are because I don't want to spoil it too much. Four of those. Uh, mythology of Shazam featurette, the director's audio commentary with David F. Samer. So again, another director talking about their movie. So thank you, David Sandberg, for that. And deleted scenes and alternative and extended scenes. So there we go. Overall, a fun movie. It is pretty, you know, other than the, some of the scary beasties, it is a fairly family-friendly movie to watch, if you will. Just... It depends how young your kids are and, and worry about that. I, I hope Zachary Levi returns as Shazam. I think he really... You can tell when an actor really enjoys a role and really enjoys playing it. 
And and I, they, they he definitely does, and the crew there really get along. So we shall see if there is a Shazam 3. So that is my take of Shazam! Fury of the Gods on 4K Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Pictures Home Entertainment. Digital movie review for this episode is Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Courtesy of Walt Disney Pictures Home Entertainment. Now, of course, this is technically Ant-Man and the Wasp 3, or Ant-Man 3, and kind of picks up, you know, where we kind of left off with the Ant-Man franchise. At this point, we're talking, so it's post-Endgame, and, and we find that the character of Ant-Man, Scott Lang, played by Paul Rudd, you know, he's kind of basking in the fame of being a hero. And, and has written a book and is, you know, just kind of um, enjoying celebrityhood, if you will. And this time, too, you you get a bigger uh, focus on his daughter, Cassie Lang, played by Catherine Newton. In, in you know, Endgame, we just see her briefly, and she's not the little kid she was because he jumped ahead five years. <laughs> but you, this is very much... Kind of um, a family-ish movie because not only does it involve Scott Lang, it also involves Hope Hope uh, Van Dyne, Evangeline Lilly, and then you have also Michael Douglas as Hank Pym, Michelle Pfeiffer as Janet Van Dyne, or the original Wasp. So you have all these together, and and it's really assumed that uh, that Scott and Hope either have gotten married or they're in a serious relationship. So they're all kind of one big happy family here. And and the movie kind of starts out where, where Cassie is kind of stretching her legs a bit and trying, you know, tell Scott that, you know, she's she's been working with, with Hank and, and them to try to kind of explore uh, more the, the quantum realm. Because quantum realm, uh, previously in the other movies, in the other MC movies, they kind of mentioned it. I mean, this was the, the area that, that Janet Van Dyne, the original Wasp, was trapped in for a number of years before she was rescued. And and they never really went over, like, what happened down there? What did she do for all those years? You know, da-da-da-da-da. And this answers the question of, 
what she did, and why she was not in a hurry to go back there anytime soon. <laughs> so um, the majority of this movie is that they get that they get uh, zapped into the so shrunk down and zapped into the quantum realm. Thankfully, you know, for Scott, uh, Hope, and Cassie, they're all wearing suits, so <laughs> it's, it's convenient. Always keep your suit handy. <laughs> so they have their suits on, and they find out that this, you know, this inner inner world uh, is not as abandoned as you think, and is ruled by Kang, played by Jonathan Majors. Now, you know, we, we got a taste of Kang in the Loki show, but this is like true Kang. This is like <laughs> the the character that if you know comics, you're gonna know. Yeah, this guy's been a thorn in many hero sides over the years. And in some ways, it, it's almost like it's more written for comic book fans. Because comic book fans, if you know your Marvel, you know who Kang is. The average Joe Blow, I mean, they, they, they sort of explain it. But they don't really, they just kind of gloss it over. Like, they assume, okay, well, maybe you watch Loki. So you should know some things. That kind of stuff, and 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 Kang is 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 a guy that just he wants out, man. He was chucked into that realm. He wants out big time. And now that Janet's back in, you know, he sees her as his ticket to ride because she saw that he was going to come out, and she did something to kind of keep him trapped in there further. So she needs his, he needs her help to undo it. Also in this movie, you have Modok. Machine only designed uh, mechanical organism. Wait, mechanical organism designed only for killing. <laughs> but this isn't the Modok we were expecting. I remember when this movie was announced, and it was like, "Oh, Modok's gonna be in it." And Modok is one of these weird characters in Marvel, where he has a giant head, floating head, teeny tiny arms, and teeny tiny legs, and a big laser for a head. <laughs> and in the comics, and in various other incarnations, animated, even in Lego, he's been portrayed in many different ways, either as a huge, serious threat, because he's a giant floating head with a laser, or he's a bit, a bit of a joke. <laughs> and and he's always associated with AIM, you know, like, part of that group. In this one, uh, I don't know what to do with him. They tie him in with a character from previous Ant-Man movies, which is one of these things, if you didn't watch the previous Ant-Man movies, I'm going back to Ant-Man 1, you'd be going, who's this dude? <laughs> you know? And, I don't know, I I was really hoping we'd have, like, a more serious MODOK, like, this is something to be afraid of, not, well, he's a bit of a joke kind of version. So... Yeah, and 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 I, I, I wanted his face to look more like 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 some really good action figure face, and not what we got. So I, uh, so it it is what it is. If this is your only impression of Modok. That's great, but if you know him from previous things, you're like, what the wood? <laughs> so that is that. The, the, the movie is, you know, moves at a good pace. Bill Murray is in this as pure comic relief. <laughs> and visually, it's stunning. I mean, I would love to see this movie in a theater in 3D. It looks gorgeous on my 4K set. But it, it is visually a very stunning movie. And and, and effects-wise, it should have won something. And, and I like, like how it's done. Now, um, the way it ends... <laughs> Will there be an Ant-Man 4? I don't know. Have we seen the last of Kang? Well, they make it very clear. And this is only a mild spoiler. Because if you know season two of Loki, Kang's in it. And Kang has a lot of versions, if you will. <laughs> the trick now, at the time of this recording, is that, uh, let's say, Jonathan Major's and Disney have had a bit of a falling out. And there's talk that we're going to re have to recast him. 
from what I've seen so far, to recast this actor after having filmed so much with him in it, I don't know how they're going to get around it. it that's going to be some pretty creative writing to do so. Overall, you know, the, the movie is what it is. It does fit in with it. If you like the previous Ant movies, you'll like this one. I think Mike Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer are great. I mean, they're still, man, they know how to act. And their chemistry, like the whole cast chemistry works really well with it too. And and I, I thought it, it's a fun kind of not too wokey, not too preachy for once superhero action movie. And in the end of the day, that's all you really want, right? Don't preach to me. Don't tell me the world is crappy. Just give me a good superhero action movie. There you go. So that is my take of Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania on digital. Courtesy of the great folks at Walt Disney Pictures Home Entertainment. Well, that's going to wrap things up for this episode of the show. Hope you all enjoyed it. As always, you can touch me in a number of ways. You can always check me out on Twitter. I'm at Rambling Russ, at R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S. Tweet me, I'll tweet you back. I appreciate all the likes and follows on Twitter. And if you follow me, I will follow you on Twitter, always. And any kind of news show updates, any kind of links, I'll throw them on Twitter. And any kind of cover art, I'll throw it there. And when the new show, YouTube show, YouTube show, does go up, you know I'll be throwing a link up there for you guys to please, please check it out. And you can check me out right on all the episodes right here on Talk Show and Color ID 18411. Of course, new episodes as well on Spotify and Google Play and many other podcast directories across the world wide web. And if you want older shows and get to trip back to the past, 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 check out my original page, Libsyn. It's HTTP full colon backslash backslash Ramley Russ, R A M B L I N G. R-U-S-S dot Lipson dot com. That's my original home internet where I have over six plus years of podcasting goodness with lots of old interviews, reviews, uh, convention coverage from Fan Expo and a lot of good content you can check out there as, as well as many other directories across the world, podcast directories across the world wide web. And in iTunes under podcasts, just look for me there. And if you want to help support the show and, and, you know, and show more interest in my possible action figure reviews, which will be coming to the YouTube channel, check out one of my newest, newest affiliates. Uh, I'm an affiliate of, and if you're in, you know, in for, we have action figures, check out Entertainment Earth and use discount code. And that's called R-A-M-R-U-S-1-0. You can save 10% if you use that code. And any orders that are made, $59 or more U.S., will ship free in the U.S. if you're in the mood for some action figures. And if you want to contribute to the show as well, check out my Amazon wish list. I have lots of items on that wish list. And anything that is purchased on that wish list will get reviewed on the program. And I will give you a mention. If you want me to know this, you can. It's a way you can control the content on the show. And when it comes to action figures, if you choose one of those that's on the list there, then it will appear on the new YouTube channel. So a great way to control the content and give something back. I don't have a Discord page. I don't have Patreon. I just ask for little things here and there. And it's a wide variety of topics, whatever you can afford. If you can help me out, that would be splendid. Coming up on future episodes of the show, I did get a screen link for a brand movie that's hitting theaters in June called The Wrath of Becky from Quiver Distribution, and I'll be having a review of that very soon in June. And hopefully an interview as well. Still working on that process. I have the uh, new movie 65 coming my way from Universal Pictures. Hoping to check that out in the not-too-distant future as well. And uh, there's a few other uh, titles that are kind of hopefully coming away not too far. I'm going to get to the Magic Mike movies too. So just that's all stuff coming up. Oh, and uh, uh, A Good Person as well. That movie is on the docket. So just keep listening, keep checking out, and keep watching the skies for the YouTube channel. That is it for me. I have talked enough. And we'll catch you next time right here on Rambled Russell. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening.